Welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. I am your host, Keith Dent, and tonight we're going to be talking about black men's health. The health of black men continues to be worse than that of nearly all other groups in the U.S. On average, black men die more than seven years earlier than do U.S. women of all races and black men die younger than all other groups of men except Native Americans. Here are some other startling statistics. 23% of black men 18 years of age and over smoke cigarettes. 40% of black men 20 years of age and over have hypertension. 40% of black men die prematurely as compared to 21% of white men. And 38% of black men 20 years of age and over are obese. Tonight we're going to talk about this as part of our Black Men's Health Challenge. We will discuss these issues with Derek Lane. He's the Chief Marketing Officer from blackdoctor.org and our guests Tim Davis and Joe Winters who are participating in the challenge. With that said, let's start the show. What I'm going to do is bring in uh, Derek. Um, so, hello, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How you doing, Keith? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm just glad um, that you're here today. And I know you're from Texas, so I'm sure the weather is quite nicer than it is here. And <laughs> we we just had a snowstorm and uh, yesterday, but we and we're dealing with probably about 20 degree weather. So you know, if you want to switch places, by all means. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm originally from Chicago, born and okay. raised. Uh, me and my family, we've been in Texas six and a half years. Okay. So uh, I love it. I love Texas. I love, you know, there's something about Southern hospitality. And I think the Southern hospitality has to do with the weather. You know, if you oh, got nicer okay. weather, people are going to be nicer. I just think, you know, it's it's easier to be nicer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 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 I guess so. It, I but, guess uh, it's easier to be nice when it's with sunny as opposed to the blistering cold days. Yeah, yeah. So I've, your I've body been there. In Chicago, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there all my life. The cold, okay. the, the everything. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, if and, and I know I kind of um, gave um, backstory of Black Doctors Org, but if you could tell me why um, it was created. Okay. So uh, so yeah, our name blackdoctor.org. We are the number one health website, uh, consumer health website for African-Americans. So our main goal really is to eliminate health disparities and to get every black family healthy. So how we do that, we, we leverage uh, content, um, the content that we have, uh, particularly targeting the African-American community and we do that in a variety of ways from social media to videos to facebook lives to just engage in the community in any way it was created by our founder reggie ware uh who also uh was the original founder of i don't know if you remember this i'm an old head but yeah. uh heart and soul magazine when okay. that first came out so okay. he was also the creator of that but he moved over into the digital world uh, and we have just been flourishing ever since. Uh, the company now is 16 years old and I have been with Black Doctor 11 years. So okay. I'm, the, I'm the old head of the group and uh, have seen it grow and flourish to, to where we are now. And we love it. You know, what we do impacts families. Uh, what we like to say is that we create how to do it, you can do a content. So when you read it, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know that this happened, but I can take these points, these tips, these tools away and use them for my family. So we always get um, comments from people saying, oh, my aunt had this. Oh, my dad, he was suffering from this. Mm. Oh man, I wish I knew this when I was going through X, Y, and Z. So we love to hit those, those touch points at the heart of, of the issue and see people's lives change just by, you know, providing them the tips and tools to do that. Okay. And I would assume, but I'm sure you can help me with that because it's blackdoctors.org is the information that's being provided coming directly from doctors or are you doing your research and kind of creating the content yourself? Yep. So, uh, we have, we also have the largest, uh, 
searchable database of African-American physicians and dentists. Mm. So if you're looking for a black doctor, we're the place to be as well. So all our content is either reviewed or created by uh, African-American physicians and dentists. So, so yes, to answer your question. Yep. Oh, well, that, and that's a great question or a great answer. And then a kind of a segue to the next question, because I think, as we know, probably um, one of the biggest challenges for black men getting healthy is because of their one lack of trust of doctors and mm-hmm. the fact that your website is a place to find doctors and dentists, which is a great thing. So, yeah, but I'd love to get your take because of that. What are what are some of the main health issues that you feel black men aren't tackling right now? Okay. Um, before I get into that, let me let me clarify on our on our database as well. So we have started to include um, culturally uh, sensitive doctors as well. Okay. So they may not be African American. They could be, you know, uh, I don't know, Indian or you know, Caucasian or whatever. But those doctors who are culturally sensitive to our our needs as a community. So we've oh, got okay. those included as well. Oh, that's and that's great. That's interesting. So how did you figure that out? Uh, that they were culturally sensitive. Because, I mean, of course, in certain areas, you you may not be able to find a black doctor, but you yep. need to go to a doctor. Yeah, yeah. So usually it's it's honestly been through our network. So other doctors have referred them and said, oh, man, you got to talk to this doctor here. you got to talk to this doctor. Oh, you need you talking about a heart. Doctor? Oh, you need to talk to this guy mm. or this lady. You know, okay. so it's it's through that network that we've been able to build and grow our network of physicians. OK. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So um, going back to your question, you were you were asking what are some of the, the health issues that black men are facing now? Yeah. Are, well, we know we're facing a whole host of issues, but mm-hmm. they're just that we are having difficulty tackling. I don't know. How long is your program? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, 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 we have about, you know, I don't want to keep you, you know, because yeah. we'll have other good, but we have we have a good 15 minutes. So, yeah, you know, yeah. but. So there's, you know, there's issues, anything from prostate cancer, COPD, heart disease, you, you know, you name it, you can go down the line because even most of the the diseases that are facing African-American women, men are facing, but, you know, at a higher rate because men, we like to think that we're supermen. You know, we, we want to be the protector, the protector, the provider everything like that, but we're the last ones usually to go to the doctor. And it's usually only at the urging of the woman. (laughs) So, you know, that's why, you know, study after study, it says that married men live longer because you have a mate that actually, you know, cares for you, wants to take care of you and says, okay, something's not right. You need to go and check this out with the doctor. And the guy may be like, no, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'll be fine. But at the urging of his mate, you know, is usually when a man takes the time to actually go to the doctor and see about it. Wow. And I mean, and that's and then and I guess that's an evidence in the fact that we're also living uh, shorter lives, because I guess a lot of we end up waiting too late uh, to go to the doctor. That's true. That's true. That's that's true across the board, both men and women. But yes, if there's something going on and you have uh, access to a doctor, check it out. There may it may be nothing. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is take time for yourself. So, you know, I've heard this over the past year in 2021 and I've lived it by creating more of a healthy lifestyle for myself. But the greatest thing you can give to your family is a healthy you. As a man, as a woman, you need to have, you need to be healthy. So you can't, you can't give it your all or give them your all if you're not healthy, healthy mentally and physically. So take that time as black men to go get it checked out. Okay. See what you can do. Uh, well, so what were the, some of the things that you tackled and what made you decide, decide to do that? Uh, you know what? It was a uh, great question. Great question. It was actually COVID. 
So COVID hit in 2020. And then if you watch the news anytime during that March to May, when COVID first came out, everything on the news was negative, negative this, da, da, da. so many people dying. Now, while it's true, all of that were facts. I also am a believer and I believe I was like, why can't this also be my healthiest season ever? Hmm. So let me take my health into my own hands and let me go. So I, I declared in, in November of 2020 that 2021 is going to be my healthiest year ever. So I got with a trainer. I got with a nutritionist. And I've never done this before. I've never stayed hmm. with a trainer for an entire year, which I did this this past 2021. And what I, what's happened was I'm... I'm down not only four pounds, but I'm down eight to nine inches around my waist, about five inches around my arms, and I'm about six inches less around my neck. And I'm uh, I'm healthier. I'm lighter. I have way more energy. I get better sleep at night. You know, mm. I'm in a better mood, you know, all around. All of that has happened just by taking my health into my own hands, which is really, you know, exercising and eating right. You know, they say also 80% of the diseases can be mitigated, can be controlled just by exercise and eating healthy. That's wow, it. Right. You know, there's no like secret pill or something that they're trying to keep from you. It's literally, hey, eat right. <laughs> Get more. You could change a lot of did you actually have to change your diet it a, a whole lot? Or what are what are some? I did. Of the yes. Okay. Yes. So specifically, um, two main things. I changed a lot of things, but two main things I found. Just when you start taking stock of what you're eating, I don't know about anybody else, but I was like a carbaholic. Mm. I had to have carbs with everything. Okay. So if you've got, let's say, you're eating pasta, you got to have the bread. You know, got to have garlic bread to go with it. <laughs> okay. You know. If you're eating at a Mexican restaurant, you got chips, you got the tortillas, you know. Uh, if you're eating a salad, you like to have a little bread with your salad, you know. It's normal. It's, you know, if you look at your breakfast, you're eating biscuits, maybe some grits with it, and maybe a little protein in the eggs and, you know, some sort of meat. But it's if it's all centered around carbs, something's mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. And you're not having enough green vegetables coming in. So okay. having my nutritionist take a look at my meals, you're like, man, you're eating all these carbs. No wonder what this is going on. So I flipped that. So now I'm no longer, I was telling anybody, if you ate a lot of carbs like me, just stop being a double carver. So all what right. that is, is, okay, if you've got a burger and fries, don't eat them both at the same time or cut it in half. So if you have a burger, wow. okay. don't eat the, and you want the fries, don't eat the bread on the burger. And just eat the fries. Or if you got to have a little bit of both, then just eat only one one piece of the bread. Plus, I'm I'm a stubborn man. I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. And I hate to have anybody tell me what I can and can't eat. So now what I do is I just eat a spoonful of what I want. And then that'll satisfy me versus trying to eat everything that I want. Let me just get a little taste of it, mm. you know then that way and I know, okay, I'm just getting a taste, you know. And you got to think about, well, why am I eating this? Why do I crave this whole piece of cake? Am I having a bad day today and I just want to, you know, overcompensate for that day? Is something else going on? When you eat things like that, ask yourself, why am I really eating it? Is this going to help me or is it going to make me feel worse? That was one thing, just changing my carbs. Two okay. is... uh just in the U.S. in general, is my portion size. If you look at our portion size compared to the rest of the world, we are way bigger, way bigger. You know, we have a plate. Okay. What, and yeah. what percentage do you think it is? Uh, I'm at least thinking at least two to one. At two least to two one. to oh, one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at, we, we will eat pasta. Once again, I'll just use that as an example. We have a plate of pasta with a little thing of veggies. When usually my, my trainer says, it's like, 
Okay, you should have your main dish should be the size of your fist, not a whole plate size. Yeah. The main dish should be the size of your fist. And you should have the size of your fist also, if not two, of vegetables to go with it. So, you know, you've got to balance that out. So stop eating bigger portion sizes. You know, you'll still be satisfied. Your, your taste buds will be satisfied. And then you'll start to see the changes in your body. Great. And so there was an, a recent article in NPR, and it, it kind of it stated that one of the challenges to our health is that we have accumulated less social capital than other groups. So meaning our connection to like mentors and then I guess our own networks to help open doors for our lives has been all a challenge that has affected our health. So, and probably physically and mentally, do, what do you think about that statement? Do you agree with it? And, or, and have you seen kind of it play out in your circles? Yeah, I think, uh, just as black men in general, we don't talk about it enough in a way of vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, or um, being honest with not only ourselves, with, but others around us. But I think that all boils down to or tracks back to identity. You know, if we're secure in who we are as men, then we're able to you know take advantage of that that social capital and bring that back versus um you know letting it go by the wayside so i i do see that definitely right right yeah, yeah. and then i and that's part of the reason why i wanted to create um this health transformational challenge because you know a couple of things one we don't have those social networks to to be vulnerable and to say oh i'm struggling not only mentally, but physically. Um, and so with that, let's say we're not feeling good about ourselves on a um, health, a mental standpoint, we'll, we'll either you know, do drugs or we're going to smoke. 23%, I was shocked with that. 23% of black men 18 over smoke, which I, I thought I thought it would definitely be a lot less. And mm -hmm. Or we're not, we're just, not that they're eating, but we're not, eating healthy enough we'll yeah, we'll go definitely. and get the burgers and and then so it's just a vicious cycle um and so with part of this challenge trying to break down uh these these barriers and so people can come together so i guess lastly um so with you know with your your website what what kind of testimonies have you seen or that you've you know seen come through you know from your website that you could share Oh, we've seen everything. Uh, like I mentioned before, just how people are, are sharing this with their family and friends, you know, with with comments. But I still remember uh, when we celebrated 10 years, uh, when we turned 10 years old, we read a testimony from a young lady who said that uh, we literally saved her life uh, because of something that she read. I believe it was about kidney disease and how. Um, something she read on our site made her ask her doctor about a couple of tests that her doctor hadn't recommended, but she read this uh, on our site and was like, oh man, you know, let, let's, let's just do a test on it. And sure enough, whatever the test came back with was just in time for them to treat it. If not, her health would have took a drastic turn and uh, she wouldn't be with us today. So that's one of the few testimonies that people uh, that people have shared with us. Even one of our, our salespeople shared that he also uh, was going down the road. I believe it was uh, maybe hypertension or mm. or something else. But being able to read and interact something that was written specifically to him for him in our language. Uh, he was able to take those tips and then turn his life around just, you know, health wise. So it's been something. And, you know, we've had even this past holiday season, we pushed out information about what you should ask your family during okay. the holidays, because your family health history is also important. You mm -hmm. need to know your family health history. So when you gather together, it's great to play spades. It's great you know, to laugh and joke. 
And also take the time to ask your family, hey, did I so-and-so have this? You know, what did grandma and grandpa die of? You know, is there wow, any right. family history of breast cancer in my family or whatever it is? Go ahead, ask those questions now because you could literally be saving the life of you and future generations of your family if you know that family health history. That is a great point, uh, knowing your history, because a lot of times, especially if if our families, they don't go to the doctor and then all of a sudden uh, they pass away. We, we have no idea yep. what happened. Yep. So. And, I and you know, then that. we start blaming it on God or blaming it on the devil. Right, right. And then it could just been, hey, you didn't know that you have a family history of heart disease or, right. you know, prostate cancer and you needed to get checked, you know, at age 40 instead of at age 50. Right. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yes. this is great. And Derek, I'm glad I had you on to kick off our uh, challenge because we're going to challenge men not only to to go to the doctor, as you said, we're going to, um, this is my goal. They go see a nutritionist that they mm -hmm. get some kind of coaching or therapy and we'll cover all of those details. So, you know, as we get, uh, and this is going to kind of be a year long thing, and then hopefully we'll get enough brothers that will just give, uh, social media attention on how they're progressing. So other men can see if, if, other brothers can do it. They can do it too. So mm -hmm. I thank you for being on. May have you on later on in the year um, or Reg or both of you on, and we'll talk about uh, some other challenges. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be here All and right. I, I love what you're doing. All right. Thank you and have a good night. So that was clear. That was great uh, information uh, that he shared. And one thing I didn't even think about he mentioned it is sharing and understanding your history, especially when you go to your doctor. They always ask you those questions. And a lot of times we don't have those answers. And so that was great information that Derek shared. Coming up in the second half, we are going to have two brothers that have that have agreed that health is very important to them, and they have take they're taking on the challenge uh, to do something about it. Some great friends of mine. Uh, I'm going to bring them up. Tim Davis. He is not a a stranger to the show. He's been on a couple of times. You know, we our word of choice is depleted, and he has taken that to heart and is doing something about it. And then we have Joe Winters. Um, and Joe, me and Joe and I go way back, big Yankee fans. Um, we used to do a show together. We used to do a relationship show and um, together. So I'm going to bring them up now. Um, Tim, Joe, what's up? What's going on? How you doing, Tim? How you doing, sir? How you doing, Joe? What's up, Coach? Right. Uh, what's up? Hey, you know, you got the beard really going a lot now. What's oh, up? Yeah. I need a whole haircut, man. I was, that's why I was like, am I going to do this thing? I yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> no, you mean, hey, Joe, look, hey, look, you know, you know, you know like, well, look, that's, that's part of it that we can, we're already being vulnerable and we just meeting each other where we are. So, mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, look, at least you have hair that you can worry about getting cut off. I, yeah. I don't have any <laughs> and have to. Keep it close because it'll be really looking jacked up if I don't mm -hmm. do so. So um, welcome today. I'm glad you guys have come on and because this transformational challenge I thought about, you know, towards the end of last year, uh, because I was like, well, how can we find ways to for brothers to get connected? And it's clear that, you know, we're having health issues. So I'd love to hear, you know, your stories of, you know, what resonated how did this resonate with you and why did you decide to take on uh, this challenge for 2022? You want to go first, Mr. Joe? Sure. I can got it. All right. Um, well, I've always been aware of my health conditions. Um, I've always been ironically an overachiever. As far as if you looked at me, I was always more physical than people assumed. And this goes back to, you know, 10, 11 years old. You know, hey, the little chubby kid, but the chubby kid had hops, chubby kid had some speed. You know, I used to have some stamina. I would like that back. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I could do sports. I could do the gym. 
I could walk in cold. I, at one time, I walked into a gym with some friends, hadn't been to a gym in probably a year or so, and I squatted the rack, 800 pounds. Everybody was like, oh, and I just walked out. The next week I told my doctor and he said, don't you ever do that again? <laughs> you know, because you're young and you're dumb. I don't, I'm not going to blow out my knee. You know, this is me. But, you know, I'm 54 years old now. This is me is a little bit different than this is me at 25. Hmm. So one of the inspirations of taking this challenge, though, Keith, is you did a show with a, with a man all about bicycles. And I oh, love yeah. bicycles. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when, when he was describing that hundred mile ride, and I'm like, wait, this guy just breaks off a hundred miles. And at the time I was reading a book about a guy who was a bicyclist who got into a horrible accident and had to come back and rebuild himself, learn how to walk. And then the triumph was learning how to ride again. And I'm like, you know, I used to do, I can still do 25 miles out of clip, cold, but I used to do more like 50. And what happened? So, you know, I'm just looking at, I want me back. I'm tired of this. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to be better. That's all. I, I work two jobs where I sit a lot. I spend a lot of hours there, you know, and I don't, like um, Mr. Derek said, I don't take time out for myself. You know, that is important. And the, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to do it. When you're in an environment with, you know, friends and people with likes and things in common, this, it's a little less pressure and a little more motivating. So I said, what the heck? Why not? Great. Thank yeah. you. Tim? I think for the most part, I've always been an active, you know, person. Um, uh, when, I, when I went in the military and I got out, that's honestly where i started having issues with health when i got out to military i didn't find out I, I had to trade a sickle cell until i was in boot camp no one never told me that mm. so when i used to play football i used to cramp a lot and i didn't i didn't understand it you know i know i drank a lot of water of course i drank a lot of kool-aid with the sugar and all that. Right. <laughs> but you know i used to cramp a lot so when i found out i was kind of like taken back because i'm like no one ever told me i had to trade a sickle cell like you know, I didn't know that certain foods I couldn't eat and, you know, I couldn't have to stay away from this and this blah, blah, blah with the salt. So when I got the military, um, I was fit. You know, I, I went down to probably like my smallest I ever been probably was like 170 in my adult, like mm -hmm. 170, okay. 180. But when I got the military, I blew up. So I, I went up to my biggest was 272, which was wow. my biggest. So I started having sugar issues and I'm labeled a pre-diabetic. What else? Uh, I had, I started having, um, when I was playing college ball, I would notice like when I would use the bathroom, the number two, I would have blood in my stool and all that. So I, mm -hmm. I started bringing that up to my doctor and they were like, you know, you're young, you know, it's, it's, you know, hemorrhoids or blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, no, it's not like a little bit of blood. So it was about a year before I got a colonoscopy. And mind you, I'm in my twenties. Mm. So yeah, when they, can I just they, say congratulations for you being aware of that? Yes, because that's that's rare, and I, that's I, one I, of the reasons that. I have issues with with going to the doctors and all that is because of my experience. You know, as far as like I speak up on things if I notice I'm not getting more into it. So I came um, when they did the biopsy and all that, it came back that I had carcinoid tumors, which is a cancerous tumor. So you know now they they want to be all oh, you know, we got to start doing this, blah, blah, blah. Basically showing that they care. But it was like, I told you this a year ago and y'all waited mm. a year to do anything. So uh, I beat the sugar issue. Um, they they still was trying to figure out because they were trying to put me on insulin. Um, I was taking it at some point, and, but I didn't like how it made me feel. Like it, mm -hmm. I felt like it was making me more sluggish. I, I didn't want my body to get immune to it. So I started doing my own research to understand um, if my body is insulin resistant, why is that happening? So it, it starts with the liver. So it's a detoxing of the liver, 
and things like that, but they don't tell you that. The first thing they do is they want to put you on meds. I, every time I go there, it's, oh, we're going to put you on this. But it's like, can we, like, attack what is really the issue behind it? Because a lot of the meds that they give us, I feel this is just my personal opinion, leads to a snowball effect of other things that we, we deal with later down the line. So I, I wound up honestly beating the sugar on my own, doing it myself. Um, my doctor at the time, because every doctor that I got when I went to the VA, they um they were about to retire. So I didn't get to build a relationship with any of the mm-hmm. doctors that I had there. So, I mean, I didn't have any black, I didn't have a black doctor. I had like Indian doctor, white doctors, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't have any one of my ethnicity. So it was, that was a, you know, a struggle in itself. But the last doctor I had prior to the one I have now, because I actually just switched doctors again to closer here because I did get a new doctor in East Orange, but it was too far, but I, so right. I switched out here. So I beat that. Um, he was, you know, asked me how I do it and told him what I did. So I never had sugar issues after that. Um, I'm still facing the carcinoid situation because I have, you know, that's I've come to find out that, you know, it's part of family history, but I wasn't aware of that as well. Mm. So it wasn't until I spoke to my grandparents, you know, because I'm, I'm fortunate to have my grandparents on my mother's side and my father's side. So I just now I just go to the OGs like what's going on with the family? Let me know what's going on with the family. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, the moms and the, I don't know, we might have this, but the OGs know it. So um, I actually just had surgery uh, not too long ago where I had like this small lump on my scrotum. Um, I told my doctor at the time that was nine, that was before the pandemic, uh, 19, 2019. I told him like, it's a small lump. I mean, it, I know it's, I know my body that ain't supposed to be there. You just brush me off. So, long story short, two years later, it grew like this. Mm. I posted it um, and shared it. And it, it was a um, psychoma tumor. Mm-hmm. Psychoma. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and they were like, uh, if I didn't speak up on it, um, basically, I saved my own life by advocating for myself and it's like mm. i shouldn't i'm i'm telling you guys when i first noticed stuff because i'm i'm kind of you know i'm not like the health freak but i notice things and i pay attention to things right right so i tell them and then i get oh it's nothing because they all they i feel like they only base things on age and numbers and all that as if no like we can't all like it's just because you're young don't mean you're not going to get diseases or not going to go through things like Everything is a standard number, even with your blood pressure. It has to be this. It's a standard number, blah, blah, blah. So I had surgery, had that removed. Um, I actually have surgery coming up in the next month for the carcinoid stuff because I had a reoccurrence um, when I did my last colonoscopy. For me, health is, is, is a big thing. I actually lost 20 pounds within the last two months um, getting back into fitness and all that because mm-hmm. I was at my best, honestly, right before the pandemic. I was down, I was back down to like 204, 205. Okay. I was good. Like, you know, I was, I was good. Pandemic hit. I just got stressed. I was eating everything, mm. <laughs> ice cream. Like I just was just picking out. I wasn't going to the gym and I, and I honestly, it's my fault because I didn't remain how I was, which was monitoring myself. I didn't oh, okay. scale. So to me, I felt like I still was the 205, Tim. Until I got back on the scale and was like, whoa, that's 230. Okay. Oh. Now I got depressed from that number. Now yeah. I'm eating even more. Then the next time I get on it, it went up. I like, think God. you touched on something there. Right. Then it's like, man, all right, let me try. The number goes up. Oh, now I'm at, now I got to my halfway point where I was 20 pounds. Um, if I would have continued to go 20 pounds, I would have been at back to my biggest that I ever been. But if I lost the 20 pounds, I'll be right on track to go back to where I, I was. So I made that decision and just did it. I'm a big advocate of uh, intermittent fasting. I like to do that. I think that works for me, especially um, with the sugar issues. Now they're trying to say I got high blood pressure. And it's like, okay, what's what's next? I don't, I don't even know. And mind you, I'm 37 years old, you know, and I shouldn't be having these issues, but right. some of them I can't control if it's in the blood. And I'm not aware of it, which if I was, then I probably would have taken my health and how I ate differently um, mm-hmm. earlier. But, you know, got to thank God for, you know, the timing and what I did learn and how I came about learning. So health is a big thing. for me. Yeah. And thank thank you for sharing that, because a couple of things come to mind is that one, you were an advocate 
for your own health. A lot of times we as black men will ignore stuff. Oh no, it's nothing. And then at the urging of, which Derek had mentioned, urging of our, our wives or girlfriends, then we'll go to the doctor. But by the fact that you you stayed on it, you like you said, you um, saved your own life. And I think we need to start to to do all of that and then and then just acknowledging that you had these issues in the first place or you shared, you know, shared something that is very, very sensitive, you know, prostate cancer and something that because of the nature of that type of cancer, we don't, for whatever reason, don't want to do because of what stigma or what that may mean and don't tackle that illness. And that, and that's across the board probably for all men, but just as black men not tackling that. So I wanted to segue over to, because um, you talked about stress. So the, the pandemic kind of stressed you out in a way. So how, how did the pandemic affect you like that and that led to all the stress that you were under? Um, for me, because uh, I was working uh, for Amazon. So before then, I was working at a gym. Um, so I was always active, moving, doing my doing you know a lot of stuff then when it happened and everything shut down it's like now my my day-to-day -day life is taken away from me on top of okay i'm not getting my unemployment <laughs> like everybody so i gotta pay bills i gotta mm -hmm. take care of the family so i mean even though it was happening i know as a man i, I should have handled it different mm -hmm. this i've never been through a pandemic i don't know how long i didn't know we all were thinking you know it's gonna be a month all right so we're good but it became a year and a year and a half and still going on so that all of that added up um and like i said i just didn't i guess when when i was more into my health and all that i would engage with other people that were doing fitness but you know that that stopped i wasn't like feeding myself uh visuals of fitness mm. i was just you know this people were creating stuff and stuff like food so i'm like oh you know let me try this let me try that mm -hmm. um type mm. thing so you know and then we, you know, the bills, you know, as a man, you got to pay the bills. Um, and, and like I said, I wasn't getting my, my unemployment. Um, I got mine's late. So I missed that whole wave of the extra 600 that everybody was getting. Right. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it just was a snowball effect. And, and, you know, as you know, me and my wife, we, we transitioned and learned from that situation to create something that we won't have those issues the next time it happens because eventually it will happen again if it happens in our lifetime or not we at least know what jobs and and things that we can do to prepare ourselves for the next if it happens again okay joe and i mean i know you're in education so how, yeah. how, how did it affect you well like i said it's two jobs so we got sent home from school uh march 2020 and that affects both my jobs. My other job is school bus driving. So with no school, there's no part-time job either. Like Tim said, because my job at the school is salary, unemployment wouldn't touch me. So um, I'm looking at, I have half my salary, which I could do okay. I, you know, I wasn't doing anything, but I'm looking at my coworkers from my part-time job who are getting unemployment plus the bonus 600, they're living it up and I'm home. Hmm. And I'm like, I put more hours into that job than you do, but you're getting a check, I'm getting nothing. And it's not a competition. It's just, you know, the overwhelming feeling like this is not fair. I'm able-bodied, I'm willing to work. There's no work available. I've been playing, when I called unemployment, they were like, Sir, we don't have any record of you for 22 years. And I said, yeah, but I've been paying you for 22 years. Well, I'm sorry, sir, you have a job. We can't touch you. I was just like, what is this? So then I did have the foresight to say, well, I'm home. Why don't I take care of me? And for a while, I was out walking. I was riding my bike. You know, I was doing a little, you couldn't go to the gym, but doing, you know, a couple push-ups, a couple of sit-ups every now and then. And then my job was like, hey, you guys are home and you're not doing anything. So we're going to give you an assignment and it has nothing to do with your job. And as a matter of fact, for me, 
it was stuff that I had done 20 years ago, but it was, you had to do it during a certain time. So my day consisted of waking up, logging on a computer, doing this lesson that was listening to Charlie Brown's teacher and then answering these questions. And you couldn't fast forward the lecture. So some lessons were 20, 20 minutes, some lessons were two hours and you're just sitting here and it, I knew every one of the answers. If I could have just took the test, I would have been finished in three days. But instead, it was three months. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then when I finished, it's high noon. The end of May, June, Jul going into July. I'm not going outside in the middle of June at noon. I don't know if you know this, Keith, but at Yankee Stadium, at that Derek Jeter game, the 3,000 hit game, I got sun poisoning. I tend to stay away from the right high sun mm -hmm. because you know the, as the doctor explained to me sunburns sun poisoning those are cumulative you don't recover you just avoid so gotcha. yeah I, I can take some sun but i'm not like i used to be 20 years ago and okay. you know, believe me that was no joke i went to the emergency room twice because i wanted to rip my face off so wow you know, wow yeah. okay so that's um thank you for sharing that. So quickly, when when and I think Tim you mentioned it, but I'd love to know kind of when were you at your most optimal health? If you can remember what how old were you? I mean, I remember I was I was probably a junior in college uh because I had to for work I had to ride my bike every day. And so uh 9 mile 9 miles a day every day for the whole summer and I look back at pictures. I was like, man, I look, I look pretty good. <laughs> you know, I had a yeah. little bit of the six pack and, and all that. And, and, you know, I did have hair then. So, you know, <laughs> I was looking clean. So, um, so yeah, I'd love to hear when, when was that for you guys? I have two. One okay. is when I was, I'd say 25, because I was still playing football and I was working at a liquor store. So every Tuesday and every Friday, I was lifting barrels and cases and restocking the store. That was kind of my litmus test. If I got busted up on Sunday, if I could still do my job on Tuesday, oh, I was healthy. Okay. And then Friday was a warm up for Sunday. But then um, I'd say about five years ago, I did start um, taking long walks while I was on field trips and doing more for myself incorporated in the spare time I had in my job. And I dropped maybe 20 pounds that year just from being active. And I one of the things about the bus company is I have to have a physical every year. So I went to go see the doctor and he goes, before he walked in, he goes, wow, you look good. And, you know, I really didn't even think of it. I was like, wow, I really feel, I feel good. And, you know, that's, that's what I want to do now. That's just, I want to go back to that same doctor and I want that same reaction. Yeah. I, I, I fluctuate my weight. So I have different ages as well. Okay. Um, I think, uh, the, the first time was when I was 18, I was fresh out of boot camp. you know, so you gotta be fit. And, you know, from, and even while I was in the military, I went up, I went up to like it seemed like my my I go up to like two fifty. Like I think I'm supposed to be a bodybuilder, <laughs> the way my body is. Okay, <laughs> but I don't want to be that. Like I, I see how the bodybuilders, you know, when they get in their their fifties and sixties, they just don't look good, um, especially the the ones that's not natural. Um, so my desire, honestly, is to um be one of those fit grandpas with the gray beard. You know, uh, that's what my desire is. So the second time. I was at my my best was when I was playing college ball on um, prior like 24 between 24 to 26 around that time um and the, the last time was when I was 35 right before the pandemic hit so now I'm back in transition to go back down so I'll give myself about this year uh, for my I'll be 38 so I think 38 would be the the next I'm at my peak of of healthy um that's my goal um, okay. September. Tim, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. All right. Like, this is myself, too, so I just wanted to know, um, 
you said that you feel like you should have been a bodybuilder. So would you describe yourself as like big boned or, you know, do you, are you comfortable a little heavier than what the doctor would say is normal? Of course. Um, that's the thing, like I said with earlier, is that they have these standard numbers, but mm -hmm. it, it hasn't changed with how life is now. It's still based on, I don't even I, know. I, I can't even. I I've, can't I've had an argument with my doctor, and it was the best eye-opening thing for both of us where he pulled out the chart, and after a minute, I said, wait, that's not a set number in stone. It's a parameter. So tell me the upper, the upper number. Mm. And he was up maybe 15 pounds. And I said, yeah, because I don't feel comfortable where you want me to go. And I, I used the number two, 215. And he said, why did you choose that number? And I said, because I've stood next to Mike Tyson and that's his fighting weight. I said, I don't expect to be as muscular as he was, but if that's good for him, maybe that's the ballpark for me. Right. My doctor and I are still the, are the same height as well. And I asked him, I said, hey, doctor, what time is it? And when he put his wrist out, I put my wrist next to his. And I said, look at your wrist, look at mine. You want me to be you, but if I go up my wrist through my arm, shoulder, you want to compare legs, I'm just bigger than you are, period. I'm never going to be you. Why would you set me up for failure? And that Right, right. And that's interesting. And I think we probably find that that happens more often. And one of the probably the main reasons why we will avoid the doctor because of doctors have a different standard of what they think we should look like. That's why I'm glad I was able to find that portal, blackdoctors.org, because the people on this challenge or who want to join later, if they haven't gone to the doctor in a long time, they'll have ability to find a doctor that's, if they're not African-American or people of color, at least they're culturally sensitive to um, some of the issues and challenges and just our body makeup that will make make it different. And maybe make our experiences more positive. So, um, yeah. So one of the things, of course, I had mentioned earlier is also just about kind of the social capital of black men and not, not having mentors and things like that to look, look to for support. But I'd love to hear what, you know, I don't know if you've talked about your health with other brothers in your circle, you know, and if not, why not? And, and what do you think, the challenges amongst your circle, what do you think the challenges are for men not tackling their health like they should? I know in my circle, it's almost like we had roles. I had, especially with the football team and, you know, the guys around the neighborhood that would play sports. I was never a basketball player. My best friend is a basketball player. So he was thinner than I was. Our foot movements and our body dynamic for, as a football player is different than a basketball player. So we would look at each other and we all we both had different definitions of what healthy was for our sport. Um, some of our friends were non-athletic at all. I was known as kind of like, I wasn't the fighter, but I was the enforcer. So even though I'm only 5'11", I could look at somebody who's 6'3", and he'd go, hey, what's up, big man? I don't want no smoke, you know, and you, know, <laughs> you feel you define your health with moments like that. You know, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but in my neighborhood, that's a form of subliminal dominance. You have to throw your weight around. You know, I'm no punk. And growing up, that was part of who I was. So, you know, I never wanted to be, say, a buck 75 buck 80. I'm, I always wanted to be, like I said, 205, 215. That was normal for me, you know? And like Tim said, you see some of the bodybuilders now, they don't look too good. You see some of the guys who were muscular back then, and I'm not going to say I was, you know, that diesel guy, but um, we put on pounds as we age. And if that goes unchecked, we pay consequences for that. So, right. So, but currently, do do you kind of discuss your health amongst maybe those friends from the neighborhood or just even uh, the well, brothers we, that you're close with? We still have that those roles. 
those childhood all, all my friends gotcha. I've known for 35, 40 years. So in the back of our head, he looks good for him. I look good for me. Mm. You know, um, I also, full disclosure, I have one friend who did change his health through the diabetes. Proud to say he's doing very well. But he's in a you know very good marriage with two sons who are um very, very health conscious, who are, you know, mid-20s to early 30. So they can say, hey, dad, what are you doing? He's got in-house competition. Um, oh, I see. Right. I, I also have another friend who just suffered a stroke. And, you know, I'm looking at him to make sure, because him and I physically, we were the two that were equally matched growing up. So, you know, what, what, I don't see that in me, but I don't see where it's not a possibility. Okay. So, you know, there's the challenge is there. And now because of that, we do talk. Um, I think for the most part, I try to, you know, uh, educate my friends, um, close friends, but I think my priority is my, my family, my boys, my daughter, my, my wife. Um, cause I feel like if I'm not doing it, I can't sit here and tell you to do this or give you that advice. So I like to at least get the ball rolling before I even talk fitness with anybody. So I'm back in that mode where, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So now I can be like, you know, Hey, y'all need to eat more fruit today. Hey, you need to drink more water today. Um, I just spoke to um, one of my friends, more good friends I've known since I was probably like 10 years old. And, you know, we was chopping it up. Um, I was like, you know, He's a big dude. He's always been the big, he's always been the big dude. You know what I mean? But he, I've never known him to have any health issues. Like, I feel like I'm the healthiest one. And I've got the most health issues out of everybody. So I'm, I know they probably like, well, you're healthy and you're going through that. Why would I want to, you know what I mean? But right. I know as I get older, the complications that it can bring if I don't control it and get it where it's supposed to be. So like Antoine, which is the other, my other brother, uh, uh, Hood Kings, I always talk to him because Antoine's a foodie. He he don't he don't care. Um, he he eats how he want to eat, but he's skinny as I don't know what. So I'll be like, "What is it? What's your diet? I mean, you <laughs> eat whatever you want to eat, but you skinny." But Antoine is always moving, and he's just like my dad. Like my dad is is is, is a I wouldn't say he's skinny, but he's a muscular dude. But I never seen my father work out. Never seen my father do a meal plan, but he's fit for his age mm-hmm. and he's always been fit i can't never remember my father being fat but i can always tell you that my father was moving from the sun up to the sundown he was moving and doing something so that speaks for itself just moving and doing all that so to answer mm-hmm. your question yes i try to encourage um anyone within my circle um even when it comes to like me telling my story and people dming me about intermittent fasting i try to give them the information that i know if i come across something and um i learn something then i just transfer it over to them great and so i know um before we go you had already tim kind of gave a highlight of where you want to get to so i'm glad you shared that but um ultimately by the end of this year because the challenge is going to be a basically a year long well i'm going to challenge everyone to at least go see the doctor um, and get a baseline checkup. Maybe see a nutritionist to get to talk about what is your eating and just be more um, intentional about what you eat. Uh, see a therapist or a life coach uh, because the biggest thing that we won't talk about is those insecurities and just how we're feeling as men. And if we get a chance just to talk to someone, that'll be great. And then yeah, there's a connection between yeah. emotions and food um, that doesn't get tackled as well. Right. Um, I've learned that um, eating soft foods, um, if you're a person that eats a lot of soft foods, that means you're you're missing the nurturing in your life or that's something that you you want. And I'm an ice cream person, so mm. <laughs> I can admit, you know what I mean? I like the, the, the nurturing side of things because that's how I was brought up. My mom was one of those moms that, you know, kind of did everything and then you know once i got to where i want to do it on my own it was hard for her to let go but it's like mom you know you, you did you, you did your job you, you know I'm, I'm good you know sometimes I, I want it but i still have to understand like i'm still a man you know i have to do it on my own type thing. right 
So right. I, food really has a connection to how we eat and emotional that doesn't get talked about as much. Um, it has, I feel, um, with the whole mental health and, you know, they have um, a meme going around with uh, Kanye West crying with Tyrese and all of them and talking about how they were made fun of for being open. If I don't know if you guys saw that. but Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Great. And, and so, and then, so by the end of this year, Joe, what is, what is it that you want to accomplish? Uh, well, I'd like to, I'd say 20 to 25 pounds off. That would be one goal. Like I said, over the summer, especially a little more stamina as far as you know, pushing myself on that bicycle, which is something I really enjoy. And just the overall sense of well-being and sense of like, I want to feel like I invested in myself. I want to feel, you know, I do a lot for a lot of people. I take pride in that. But literally, at the end of the day, what are you doing all that for if you're not going to be here to enjoy it? So, right, um, right. And, and Tim, also what you said, I need to set a better example for my own child. So, okay. you know, kind of let me do the work first. And hopefully that would be some inspiration at, for her at, you know, high school age to take the reins on herself too. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So brothers, I'm, I'm glad you guys were on today, especially just the fact that you were willing to be open and to share. Um, and so, yeah, we're, this is going to be a year long challenge. And so, you know, feel free to, um, to share and to post, tell people about this transformational challenge that we're going to be under. Um, you can find this information on the, the Black Men Speak uh, Facebook Live page. Um, and we're going to we're going to try to get um, get some more brothers on this because if we can transform a group of hey, if we can get to twenty men tra transforming their lives and their health. That's twenty lives we we might be saving. So uh, and Joe and, on top of that. That's right. So Joe and Tim, um, thank can you. I, can I say something? Come yeah, on. of course, of course you can. Uh, I want to share um, my, when I talked about what I went through, I spoke to this one nurse. She said this, she said, if you're ever telling your doctor um, something and they're not listening to you, go to the emergency room. And that, that stuck with me because it was like, I never thought to do that, she said, because they're not going to treat you and ignore you the way the doctor would. So at least you can have it documented and you can get, you know, certain tests done faster while you're there. So That's very profound. I've never heard that before. So go to the emergency room, folks and um, brothers, if you need to go to the emergency room. But look, you now have a resource, which I'll be posting uh, at the end of this show. Um, and also on the other page, blackdoctors.org, because if you have a affinity to not go in the doctor or don't trust doctors due to whatever else, um, you, there is a resource that you, we can go to uh, to at least start the process. So, um, and, and Joe, have you been to the doctor yet so far? Not since the pandemic hit. Okay. Um, I'm due for a checkup. Great. So by February, when we um, have the show again, and Tim, you've already been. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've got a doctor's appointment on, on the first. Right? So there you go. You got <laughs> yours tomorrow. Let me, so. let me specify. The, the checkup for the bus company, that DMV checkup, is nowhere near as intense as what I need to go. Yeah, that, yeah, that don't With count. With my own <laughs> That don't count. Yeah, we, need, exactly. we need to go through the joint. I, lo I love get, him, but yes, I need. Get all I do have my own doctor. I just haven't seen him anymore. So by the end of February, oh yeah, because um, I have to get mine scheduled as well. By the end of February, we will have a we will have our doctor's episode, and we'll just talk about just some of the things that we hear from our doctor because that's a you know part of sharing and, and you know getting that. That's um, not necessarily scary news, but just getting the news that will that will educate us. Exactly. All right, brothers. Yes, so sir. thank you, and we, we'll have a good night. And uh, remember. Uh, Hood Kings is a is a podcast that you can catch Tim on, yeah, as we well as back up. we've been slacking. Coach. Oh, you haven't started off. Okay, never mind. You know, no, no, no. We, 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 I spoke to Antoine probably like a week ago. It's like we got to at least set one day because I, like I said, the end of last year was like the, the hard 
hitting year for me. Like, year right, year for right. Anything, so. Well, you know, you got all this stuff going on, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, thank you guys for coming on tonight, and uh, we'll see you soon. I appreciate you. So, like I said, um, the Black Men Speak podcast health transformational challenge is something that you know if you're listening tonight or if you're going to listen to the podcast tell your husbands your brothers your cousins sons that this is something that you need to uh take advantage of and um and so we're gonna go and transform we're gonna we're gonna see a change and we're gonna do it ourselves so have a good night folks what an extraordinary way to kick off the Black Men's Health Challenge. Thank you to Derek Lane from BlackDoctor.org and to Tim and Joe for their transparency about their health. Brothers, it's time to take back your health by joining the Black Men's Speak Health Challenge. And ladies, if you're listening, tell your husbands, your brothers, and cousins to join the move. Black Men Speak was written, produced, and edited by me, Keith Dent. You can catch past shows by subscribing wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As you know, we always like to end the show with a quote, and this one comes from actor Romani Malco. He says, Pain is inevitable. It is actually a great opportunity for growth. But when we blame or fail to take responsibility for our suffering, the pain becomes stagnant, and stagnant pain can have a compounding effect if left unchecked. This is Keith Dent from the Black Men Speak podcast. Peace.